And when you have to look at a piece of paper and you realize that you think you're better than God, you start mm. to see some bigger issues. You start to see some opportunities for growth. Welcome to Coffee with a Couple Cure, where we share practical tips for your relationship before you finish your first cup. Here's Jay and Lori Pyatt. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with a Couple Cure. I'm Jay. And I'm Lori. Today, we're going to be talking step five. And just as a caveat, Jay um, is going to be talking about sin a lot in this episode. And all sin is, if you look at the actual definition, like uh, Hebrew and, and Greek definitions, it's basically just missing the mark. So I know a lot of people have a problem with that term, but it really is just, here's a mark and we missed it. So hopefully that'll help you be able to stomach that word a little better if you have a, right. an issue with that word. The other thing I would say is that, you know, if if the idea of sins and falling short of the mark and all of that is a struggle for you, that that's where it's a liability. Um it's not getting you to your goal. Right. It's holding me back from something. So, um, again, I, wanna, I want to try to help as many people as I can, regardless of what direction you're coming from, um, whether you're Christian or not. And also, Jay talks about the big book um, as his foundation for these steps. Like we said before, we're Christians, and we obviously then... Um, turn to the Bible. The unfortunate thing is there's a lot in the Bible about recovery, a lot that if people were to do it, it could actually free them of their their um, boundedness, their bindings when it comes to addiction. It's just, it's not as plain as these are. Right. And, and never does it say, okay, step one, do this. Step two, do this. And that's part of the reason why I'm kind of relating these to uh, biblical principles and, and the steps to Christianity. Right. And on that topic, this one would be confess your sins to one another, confess your sins to God. Do look closely at what you've done, what your tendencies are, where your um, spirit might not be strong. And in practical terms, basically, it's what do you do when life gets uncomfortable? You know, what are your coping mechanisms? That's all we're really talking about here. Um, step five out of the big book uh, is a partner step to step four. So in step four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory. In step five, we admit to God, to ourselves, and to another person the exact nature of our wrongs. And before we move on, I'd like to say um, if this is the first um, time you're looking at any of these steps, definitely go back and, and listen to the previous one because there's a lot of pieces in there that you need to be careful of, especially if your um, addiction has harmed somebody else, especially, especially if it was a sexual sin and there's been betrayal involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the first part of this step says we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another person the exact nature of our wrongs. Um, we admitted to God. Um, when I was in active addiction, when I was using, 
I was talking to God, but I wasn't really admitting to God what all was was really going on. I was acknowledging my sin, sort of, and I think I was kind of holding back not only from the all of the sin, but really um, putting in front of God what else I knew that was going on because I knew that this would hurt Lori, and I wasn't talking to him about that. I knew this could cost me my job and my marriage, and I wasn't talking to him about that. Um, which is the second part of this we admitted to ourselves. The, the first person I lied to was myself, and the first person I need to tell the truth to is myself. I really need to get what is true right in front of me. The best way to get those first two things to happen is to talk to another person. So in talking to another person, um, we, you know, I've, I've been talking to, to my guys about this. It's important who that other person is because uh, for a while in my um, recovery, I had an accountability partner. And while I was telling him certain things, um, he was not necessarily telling me that I, I needed to come clean. He, he was acknowledging that I was telling him the truth, but he really was not... Um, either capable at the time, I, I can't even remember the whole situation, but I he was probably not the best person for me to be talking to. Well, I don't know that I'd say that. I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, he did. He, he definitely filled a role. There's healing that can be done, like we talked about last time, to be able to tell your sins and to hear, like, I've done worse or I totally get it that kind of grace can make a person feel like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one. I'm not broken. This person that I look up to has the same history. Mm -hmm. And there's something about telling our stories in the presence of people who care that actually starts healing the brain. So I wouldn't go so far as to say it was... Um, a null and void thing. I think that person really, probably for the first time in your life, clothed you with grace. Mm. I also think there it could have been somebody else in his life saying, okay, and you want to go higher, so this, I'm going to help you go higher. Mm -hmm. So the kind of accountability partner you want, the kind of sponsor you want to be looking for is somebody who not just has been there and can treat you with grace, but can also kind of help you come out of the fog, come out of those actions, help you with your coping mechanisms. You know, somebody that does know that people can change, that people can come out of that addiction. So the other person that you admit to is, is actually pretty important. For disclosure, ultimately in disclosure, the person you're going to tell is your wife. Step four and five are not exactly the same as disclosure. So go back to step four, our step four recording, and, and hear our, our difference on that. 
your wife hopefully should hear everything in step five. But because of trauma rules, she only wants to hear what she wants to hear. So there may not be, she may not need to know all of this or want to know all of this just to keep her safe. Mm -hmm. Can I just make a sure. comment real quick? By she just wants to hear what she wants to hear, Jay means definitely go at her speed. If she wants more detail, give her more detail. If she wants less detail, give her less detail. If she doesn't want to hear any of it, then again, go at her speed. Mm -hmm. And again, wives, I, you know, want to throw this um, caution out there to you. Be careful about how much detail you want because it can become obsessive. Yeah. So that's where having um, a sponsor, a trusted friend, someone that you can go to and tell them um, all of what you found out in step four. I've I've heard various people tell their kind of step five story, and you don't necessarily have to tell your step five all to one person. There may be uh, something about your story that you just feel safer telling part of it to one person, part of it to another person. But anything that you will not acknowledge will not get healed. Mm that makes sense. Like I had, uh, I had a little scab on my ear a couple of years ago. And at first I thought it was no big deal, but when it didn't go away, I had to acknowledge that there was a problem. And if I hadn't, I wouldn't have found out that I had skin cancer. So, you know, I cannot heal what I won't acknowledge. The more, um, what I've, what I've heard about step four is the more you write, the freer you get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you're getting honest with yourself. You're exposing all of that stuff to the light. You're bringing it out in the open and you're no longer holding on to all of these secrets that keep you weighted down. So um, step five uh, is really important to get that all out in the open. There are a couple of tools that actually can help you with this. If you go to the AA Big Book, um, I think they break it down into three columns. You know, what happened, who was there, what was your part in it? Some of these can take you into the very nitty gritty details. There's a, uh, a tool that, that I was in, uh, introduced to, and basically it's a, it's a liability and assets um, step four inventory. And Here's why it's, it's a good tool to use because of the second half of the phrase, the exact nature of our wrongs. If I get too far into the woods, I will miss the forest for the trees. What do you mean? What I mean is if I get into the details of how I was hurt and who I hurt and, and all of that, I, I might only think about the details of what I've done versus stepping back and saying, oh, all of that means I'm holding on to a lot of resentment. Mm. All of that means I'm, I'm jealous or I'm envious. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not stepping back and seeing my envy, all I, all I see is, is just all, the, all of the little details. 
But what would help me, especially when we go on to step six, is to know that I'm, I'm wrestling with envy. I'm wrestling mm-hmm. with um, pride. I'm wrestling with um, resentment or discontentment. Yeah. I like how you said that because that's one of the notes I have here. Exact nature of our wrongs. When we look at the stuff we did, we can, you know, oh my gosh, I stole a gallon of milk or I stole something from a friend or whatever it is. That can end up being about as deep as we go, yet there's something underneath that. Maybe I got a thrill out of it. So the exact nature of my wrong is I uh, uh, maybe, I don't know. I'm an excitement junkie or something. Yeah, I have a love of pleasure. You know, what what feels like shame when somebody confronts me, maybe that's really pride. I shouldn't have to be called on the carpet for anything. I shouldn't have to um, give an explanation for my actions. I shouldn't have to know the impact of my actions, that sort of thing. So I think that's a really good point because I know for Jay, when he first started getting sober, I was like, but there's still something going on there. It's like he he switched from one addiction, then you went to like overeating or over gaming or whatever. And there was still this underlying thing that he wasn't addressing. Right. And I don't even know what you would call the, the exact nature of, of what was going on there. But, uh, and after betrayal, us wives can feel it, especially after several, what I call betrayal cycles. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely something to look at. Right. And um, I, I think I covered this in the intro, but, but basically there's, there's kind of three phases to the 12 steps. Steps one through three is all about um, recognizing that we need a higher power. Um, steps four through nine are really about dealing with um, our character defects and, and the individual injuries that we have created through our um, addictive behavior. And then steps 10 through 12 are all maintenance steps. And they kind of encapsulate the first nine steps, but they do it on more of a regular basis. So the reason why you want to get details in step four is that they will help you later on in steps six and eight. However, it's also good to identify, you know, what is really going on with me because all of those behaviors came out of a underlying um, root cause that was kind of driving me forward. So while looking at my sexual addiction and, and recognizing I have a lust problem, that's one level of it. But when I went through and did the assets and liabilities, out of the 10 people that I put on that sheet of paper, I was 10 out of 10 with false pride, meaning mm. I think I'm better than you. Mm. And uh, he's not that bad anymore. <laughs> as, as Lori says with a knowing little hmm. No. <laughs> hmm that's, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and when you have to look at a piece of paper and you realize that you think you're better than God, you start mm. to. Th- see some bigger issues. You start to see some opportunities for growth. But if I hadn't, if I hadn't stepped back a little bit, 
all I would have seen was, you know, the tidal wave of lust issues that I had, mm -hmm. the dishonesty that I had, but I wouldn't maybe have seen that I had that much thinking that I'm better than other people. So there's, there's a really good reason to do step four maybe a couple of times and do it a couple of different ways. Anyway, we're on step five. So step five is, is about getting that now out into the light. And so if I say to another person, yeah, not only do I have a lust issue, but I have a false pride issue, which means I think I'm better than you. That puts you in a place now of, of hey, somebody who's trying to help me, if it's my sponsor, if it's my wife, if it's uh, another trusted friend, somebody who's trying to help me now knows kind of some of my issues and they, they can support me in that, mm -hmm. which is beneficial to our recovery. So um, that I think covers step five. For, um, I have a few more. Yeah, so I'll let, I'll let Lori make some comments here. Okay. Jay mentioned earlier talking to God but not really admitting. If you, like, I love how Jay explains these steps as a spiritual journey, a spiritual journey. This is meant to bring you closer to God. Um, I know for a long time, Jay was, seemed really surfacy, really um, wrote, almost mechanical in his relationship with God. And after working these steps and some other stuff, he, uh, I think now is much, much closer to him. Hmm. But getting back to the subject, Jay mentioned self-deception, and I believe it was episode, I'm not sure what, in season two, but look up self-deception, and we'll um, dive more into that. But being around people who are in the program, there is a lot of self-deception that addicts seem to have. So that's something definitely to, to look into. And Jay just mentioned lust, so I want to kind of back up and go, There's there, even though that can be a hard thing to admit for some people, others, it's almost like a catch-all. So you want to kind of dig even deeper to find the exact nature of that part of it. Maybe it is a love of pleasure. Maybe it is um, just a discontentment. Maybe it is an entitlement. Maybe it is... Um, I don't know. What else would you say it might be? Um, I, it could be an envy. It could mm. be a, a coveting type thing. One thing it could be is anger. Right. I think I've seen a lot of, of hidden anger, hidden, like wanting to make women pay. Yeah. So there might be a lot of that there too. Right. You know, there might be some unforgiveness. In fact, I know that there's one a uh, person in the helping community that's been doing this work for a really long time. And he said in 100% of his clients, there is the issue of unforgiveness. So there might be something there to look uh, even more deeply into versus just the kind of staying on a surface level of lust. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. We covered step five and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye.